So we get a lot of questions in the YouTube comments and on Facebook about who we are, what we do, what cars we own. We thought it was easier just to film a video together uh, and, and clear the air and just uh, yeah, let you guys know a bit more about us. So here we go. So first question is, is simple. There might be people out there watching this or listening to this right now. Uh, and they don't know who we are. So first of all, uh, who are we? I'm Luke, and according to the internet, I'm middle-aged. And I'm Luke's brother, because that's all I'm known at, at Quarter Park as Luke's brother, but my name is Geordie. And I'm, my name is Paul, but uh, my, uh, my nickname is, is Broomy, so most people know me Broomy in most of the content, so that's who we are. Now, no, actually, if you look at the comments, you're our brother. I'm definitely, uh, we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, we're <laughs> apparently related, or they keep on thinking we're related. Uh, so next is uh, how old? How old are we? How old are you? I said I'm middle aged. I'm middle-aged. in my I'm in my forties. <laughs> how old are you? Well, you don't want to give it away. You want to keep want to keep them guessing. You know the funny thing is, I'm actually thinking how old am I? Shit, <laughs> get the abacus out. Hang on, when Slide was I born? At... No, we're we're forty two. You honestly, you, had to, age, you honestly right? had to think about how old you were. Uh, I'm just a young and I'm only 38, but I get haircuts regularly, so you can't see all the grey hairs that are coming through now. So, um, is it blown off yet? <laughs> one strong wind. Yeah, that. I, I saw that and I'm like, is that directed at me or you? One strong wind gust and my hair's going to blow off. That really hurt. Triggered no, me. That was some serious RX8. Yeah, yeah. Where, so, where it hurts. Uh, love triggering the RX8 people out there. Uh, so one thing that's always common when people do videos like this or, or podcasts or whatever with automotive people is, how did you get into cars or how did you get into the car scene? So, you know, in all honesty, I actually don't remember. I was obviously like a lot of You're right, young, age. young <laughs> a lot of young blokes. Uh, you love cars, yeah, and you have the old Ferrari uh, Testarossa, Testarossa. Quantage, We, yep. we uh, in high school we bought a lot of Tirana Power yeah. and Commodore Power magazines, and Ford was in the yeah. bin oh, for yeah, us. Yeah. It was just Holden, Commodores and Tiranas, just non-stop Tirana Power magazines, SLR 5000s. But Ford, forget it, junk. It's interesting. And, 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 and in, high, in high school, Carlo Jacobs, you might be watching this, his brother rocked up in an XA, was it bright orange? I don't know. And I saw Carlo hop in the back, I'm like, who would get in the back of that thing? That is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a mad car. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, to be honest, I was, I was pretty one-eyed Holden growing up. Yeah. As you know, my love the LS. But in all honesty, I, I'm not that brand. No, I was going to say when you're younger, you've got this like I was hardcore Holden. I hated Ford. Like no, I wouldn't say hated them, but well, I I, I loved the Commodores and the equivalent of Falcon at the time. I just look at it and go, I couldn't stand the interior, even though you were nowhere near and old enough to drive. You knew what you liked. Yeah. And now I don't have any brand affiliation at all. I couldn't care about brands. I just don't get it now. When once you're older, it's kind of like. You mature past that, it's irrelevant. I don't know how we got into the cars though. Our father had a Tirana LC GDR and yep. basically sold it because it's a bit hard to put the uh, two two babies in the back of a two door. Yeah. But he's not into cars. And what and what did he sell it for? He bought a Toyota Corona. <laughs> because do you yeah, remember the 1970s, the, the big fuel crisis? Yeah. Fuel's yeah, going to go yeah. through the roof. Late 70s, yep. Um, yeah, so he got, but he, we didn't really get any influence off our family for yep. cars at all. No, not nothing. A lot of them said, I don't know, I don't know how you, you two got into cars. Where did it come from? Because no one in our even extended family is really into it. Yeah. Our uncle's got, our uncle is, that's about it probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think my, my grandfather is, uh, he worked at Toyota, at the, <clears throat> at the Toyota plant 
all his life basically and, and he obviously knew a lot about cars so we used to talk about cars but I, yeah, my, my old man's definitely not in cars. I, I'm not sure if he owned any sort of performance cars throughout his life and, and definitely yeah, definitely not automotive or mechanical um, minded. Um, I, growing up, yeah, the, the Ford versus Holden thing was very strong. Um, there weren't many manufacturers back when, when we were younger and that. So I guess if I lent anywhere, it, would, it was Ford and I don't know why. I think it maybe has to do with, I, I follow North Melbourne in football and in, in, in the AFL, so... It must be one, one of their six supporters. Yeah, so it's always been sort of the, the underdog thing of, of hating the status quo. Yeah. Um, and the status quo was Holden. So I gravitated towards Ford more so just because I hated the people who liked Holden because that was the mass. Um, you know, more people liked Holden, so I hated it. Hol- Holden won Bathurst a lot, didn't it? So... Think of in there, that, yeah. In that time, yeah. In that time period. Period, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. I then... Growing, going through high school, um, I used to read some car magazines. I've never been a real big um, car magazine person, but I was reading magazines were like um, was one called Gemini Mania and Gemini Fever. It was just Gemini's. Gemini Fever, and I, I think remember that. That's yeah. where I found out about rotaries. Um, there was there was a 12A and a 13B in like J-Port and stuff like that, and there was no turbo stuff really back then. And they talked about these rotaries. I'm like, oh, it's a pretty interesting engine. It looks really weird, but there was no internet, so you couldn't. No. You were limited on the exposure you had, and um i remember i bought my first car and it was just a ea falcon and um i did nothing with it for like a year and then i got involved in a car audio club so it's amazing how many people you talk in the automotive industry how car audio is is sort of the first entry into automotive into modifying your car so to speak so joined a club there um did a bit of that for about a year and then after that i um i started going down the performance path and yeah worked at a workshop for about 12 months helping out a rotary a rotary uh, performance workshop and then, and then, yeah, it just took from there. It just, um, it just developed from there. So that's pretty much how, how I got into cars um, through, through um, yeah, I'm not sure where the passion come from originally. I was just watching motorsport and um, just really loved it. And then, yeah, car rodeo and then sort of some mechanical work. And then, yeah, now I'm just doing stuff for myself. So that's pretty much it. Um, next question we get a lot, we just touched on before, is are you related? Um, the answer is no. Um, Why not? So, <laughs> So we move on to um, how did we meet? Uh, how, how do we know each other? That, so, that is a, that is an interesting background, isn't it? Because yeah. we initially met Broomy way before we kind of, I could say, became friends with Broomy yeah. with you. Like it's it's kind of like when we sort of started hanging around with Broomy, we were like, oh yeah, I remember meeting you. When was it? Six years earlier. Yeah. Just just had nothing to do. It was just because you're at a workshop and yeah yeah. So, so you guys did a lot of work with um, a workshop called TurboWorks and RotorWorks. Um, so a lot of people probably remember that first video of like Vlad's 808. Yeah. Um, someone actually put that in the comments the other day saying they'd love to see a, a HD version of that um, <laughs> come back. Uh, probably not gonna happen, they said, because the car doesn't exist and um, that film was on some kind of eight mil, so it's like 260p. That was, that was potato cam. Yeah. Well, it was actually, it wasn't that, it wasn't as small as that. It's because of the internet at the time. I did that for, a, I was going to TAFE at the time. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I was doing multimedia and people are doing all these. What was it about? It was like 576 by 312, is it? No, 720. Did it shoot 720? Yeah, that's PAL, PAL uh-huh. 720. And then what it was though, you, you couldn't make videos that big because you're on dial-up. So you had to squeeze them down to these posters. I don't buy that you had a HD camera back then. No, 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 no,
Oh yeah, sorry, I'm getting mixed up. <laughs> even <laughs> five, even that's no, 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 not, se- not 720 HD. No, but even 576p is like pretty big. For no, me, no, 720 by 576. Yeah. is, I think what is it? It's four by three. Four three. Old school. That was yeah. old school DVD style spec video, yeah. right? You got to realize. You think it actually sounds bigger than what it is. If you put it on a HD palette in a video editor program, it looks like nothing. It's yeah, just it's little a square spec, in the corner. It's a three pixels. But what I was saying was, even though it shot that, I just shrink it down to like a yeah, third so of you that. Yeah, upload it to, to make it like a literally a two meg file or something yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah, um, that's it. So on a floppy disk. I, we basically met through through that through mutual. Um, I, I was that's where I was the rotary part of that of RotorWorks, the, the rotary workshop. I was helping out there for about. 12 to 18 months um, and I was often because of that going to racetracks and you guys always filming and then I started to film a lot of stuff too just through uh, mutual interest more so I, I, I wanted some content for I managed the website for that business as well um, the rotary website and I wanted photos and information to upload onto internet forums and stuff so I think I built that website yeah you originally built originally built the original one yeah and so I, I was updating the website so a lot of people back then didn't really were involved in web commerce and, and e-commerce and that. So I was constantly updating online forums and what we were doing and how we were doing it, um, almost like the infancy of what we're doing now with project cards and things like that and keep, keeping people interested to, to drive business essentially. And we hosted, we also hosted that Rotary Oz, which then became Oz Rotary. Yep. We actually hosted the, it was originally called Rotary Oz. Yeah, it was on a bulletin board. board. Yeah, yeah bulletin yeah. board, yeah. 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 So and if you go back, he sold you a car, is yeah. that right? Yeah. So that's probably, I think that's where, um, so Full Boost was that you had the forum, then it moved to forums and that, and then yeah, you had that blue 323 that had the uh, had an extend port on or something, yeah. um, that was just pieced together as a parts runner. You had that, I bought that off you, and I think um, from then it was, um, that's when, that was the first time we'd almost talked you do with outside that? of a racetrack. What did so you do with that car? Did you, you did you modify the, it at all? In, so insert Donald Trump worst trade deal ever. Uh, I swapped it for an XE Falcon. I always had my mind of XE ESP yeah, was like yeah. a, a great car. I loved it. Is that, I is wasn't that the worst deal of, in the history of worst deal trade deals? Worst trade ever. The worst trade deal maybe ever signed. Uh, so this this XE Falcon was like so this three two three was clean. No, just to back it straight. up, I was trying to sell that car for. I think I had it advertised originally for maybe $2,200, $2,300. And I was getting people going, look, I'll give you $1,700, but it's not engineered. Where's the engineer certificate? And he was basically the only person who came along and realized it's too freaking grand. It's got a 13B in it. Yeah, I think I needed an in-between car because I was building a VL, an RB30 Turbo VL at the time, and I just needed a car because my ZL had like just was almost finished. So... Um, yeah, I, I got the 323. It, it had a few issues. It had a few fueling issues, I remember, but it was actually yeah. pretty reliable. Yeah, it, it was very reliable, and it was it was straight, and it was a. I mean, it had like a little, a few rust repairs on it, but it was pretty I, clean. I did those whatever. rust repairs. Yeah, on the back. It was actually quite straight. straight that, so okay, it was yeah. pretty straight. But yeah, yeah I, I, I straight swapped it for this XE, which was completely clapped out, rust throughout the rear end everywhere, standard XE issues, and and then I ended up selling it to someone else and. They said they, they basically said the engine was blown. It was down a cylinder too. So, um, yeah, from that three two three for whatever it's a couple of grand was, I think I ended up selling the XE for parts for a couple hundred bucks, if that. So, <laughs> the worst, <laughs> the worst. Um, which is why I hoard parts a lot now, and why I 
don't swap cars ever and I don't trade stuff and I don't no. look at Gumtree because it's just a minefield of shit out there, quite honestly. It's just people are selling junk and they're trying to get money for it and trying to persuade you that deals are good when they're not. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we swapped that 323 and then I think I was going more and more to the racetrack then I started racing my own car. And then um, I th- we probably started filming more because we, we, we were talking quite a lot. We had a similar circle of friends and then we we're talking a lot. I, probably the advent of social media helped. Yeah, it's just, of course. Um, you're always busy. I'm always busy with a day job. I'm, I know I'm one of these people that just talking on the phone, I don't think so. I don't, I don't talk on the phone to, to, <laughs> to friends and family and that. It's like send me, a, send me an email or send me a message and I'll get back to you when I can because I am. I'm busy with a day job and then I'm busy out here and busy with family and that. So... Um, I think that helped um, start conversation. Then recently, um, four or whatever years ago, um, I said, we, we saw this old Project Redline come up for sale for not much, like next to nothing. And I said, I'd actually really like to get back into drag racing. Um, why, don't, why don't we test the bed of um, seeing if we get some, some sponsors for the car and, and doing a project car. And, and since then, we've worked on a heap of stuff since then. So... Um, yeah, it was it was very slow start to to the relationship. A lot's but, happened in the yeah. last eighteen months, though. Yeah, and yeah, the next twelve to eighteen months looks pretty good too. So. Yeah. Okay, so another staple of every single uh, automotive review of who you are, whatever is, uh, what was your first car, and and what is, I guess, your greater car history to where you saw it at now? Well, Do you remember our first car was we got hand me down. Being twins, we shared a car, so we hand me down. Red VC Commodore, I think it was an 80 model. Did it have a Starfire in it? No, oh. no, it had a... No, our parents bought it new after the Corona. Yep. Yeah, so it had been in the family for ages by the time we got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it? It was in good condition. What size was the engine in it? It was a 173. It was a, it was a little six-cylinder, the small one. 173. Yeah. So what are they like? Blue, a blue motor. Blue motor, red motor, black motor. Manual. Bloody like a four-speed in it. Yep. Um... So we learned to drive in that. I manual, stacked it. Manual, no power steering. So at least it was a good car, kind yeah, of a heavy gearbox compared to, my God, if you put a, if you put most people, kids in this car now, they couldn't drive it. They wouldn't be used to it, how yeah. heavy the steering is. But we learned in that and it was probably a good thing because it was a hard car to learn in. So everything else after that, anything modern was easy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but he, he ended up stacking it. Yeah, I rear ended um, My first car was... Um, Again, because what my I wasn't really a car person back then, a, a real heavy like car enthusiast, so I didn't really care what I was driving. I wanted something a bit newer. So my friends had VK Commodores or VC Commodores or whatever, and I got an EA Falcon, um, guaranteed X Taxi. Had a bench seat, column shift auto on that, uh, but it had EFI. It did single wing, single wheel peels like no man's business. <laughs> Because they tires back in those days, like I had like one nine five. This, com- this Commodore, like you yeah. have to, you'd have to get it on full lock, full lock, yeah. and yeah. basically rev it up as hard as you could, and the clutch would slip because yeah. the original clutch. Yeah, 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 yeah. eighteen years old. Yeah. I remember the first time, and you just squeal a tire. I remember the yeah. first time I learned, oh, what this thing can spin. spin it. I was virtually just doing laps around the neighbourhood, <laughs> turning hard right, dropping the clutch, and it would just squeal all the way through first gear. After about ten laps, I think some lady's coming out of her house. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh. Uh, and in reality, now you'd go, what? It, it could not even yeah. spin the tire. I remember when horsepower would fall from the sky, after, uh, my car would come alive. Yeah, I know. That, but yeah. those cars are actually, those old cars are a bit of a handful in the wet. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it was looped, a big barge. They were so, they were so, um, 
they were just yeah they had so much body roll in them because there was so much yeah. weight and the chassis yeah, was like this but I'll never forget though when I had the accident and it went to the, the, that car was actually in quite good condition mm. for, yeah. for, compared to other ones it was very straight and um obviously the front had to be repaired and I said I said to him how much is it to extra would I have to pay to get the rest of the car painted yeah. not that it's bad but I said so it looks as good and I remember the clue of the guy goes you would never waste your money mate because these cars will never be worth anything <laughs> standard yep I I continued the Commodore though I he I, I don't know how whether he gave me money or however it works but I ended up buying a VH yep uh, just had 18 different colors of blue obviously when i bought it it's like i had the blinkers on and didn't notice it and i get it home and obviously straight away realized it had had an accident in the front so the front had all been resprayed and looked mint and the rest of the car was completely a different shade of it was probably the same paint code but it was one was was 15 15 year old paint one was probably two year old paint it was very it's quite noticeable when you looked at it and went what the hell and i did the typical things the clear indicators went in it the uh sle extensions on the back of course i think SLE i I, I got a stereo put in it that was a big um, mod like in the vc remember you'd go from yeah. the tape deck to putting in a yeah, yeah. A yeah cd the, player, CD like, player. and then it had um it was a th- bigger 3.3 it was an auto um and yeah, it went it, dash. i can't remember it was a big thing back this then. commodore the, the older commodore had a vacuum gauge remember that yeah yeah, yeah. The it econ- econ- economy, economy gauge, economy yeah. gauge. it would just fling around <laughs> like it meant it had horsepower <laughs> and you just touch the throttle would have, yeah. and it just it's just, just, it's just because connected it, to engine vacuum it moves it. so yeah. quick so it looked good but yeah. but the vh actually went a lot better yeah. i mean it'd be hysterical if you drove it now how bad it would be but yeah um, didn't that have some extractors on it yeah, it had the genie extractors, you know, the blue ones. Yeah. Had, yeah, yeah. Had, I didn't put them on. It had a few, and it had oh, a, yeah. actually. I don't know if it had a cam. I just remember it actually was fairly lumpy on idle. This thing, but um, yeah, probably had a vacuum leak. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it did go a little bit in the, the VC. And I, I think I, after six months, I, for some reason, think I don't want this car. There was actually nothing yeah. wrong with it. I think I was just bought. I think I wanted something else. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't know what. What did you? You still had the VC then? Who got the turbo car first? You. Or- I did. You did, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But down that route, what happened was I went to look at a genuine SS Tirana. Yeah. And it was a burnt orange one. So it was genuine factory. It wasn't like a mock-up. It had Alex. Alex, hatchback, flares, everything. slapper. 4.2. 253. And so it was, that was the legal one on P-plates. I wasn't allowed to drive a 5-litre on the P-plates, right? Yeah. Center lines, flares, the works. Yeah. It was car. like... 80 spec galore, right? Yeah. And even, I remember it had a bit of rust in the seal and all this, and I'm like, I was just bl- blinded by that. Oh my God, it's a Tirana. And it had actually yeah. was nice inside and everything. Went and drove it. I think we took my dad along. Didn't even know what I was doing trying to drive it, even though I was used to Commodore. I remember tr- taking it for a drive yeah. and compression lock up second gear. <laughs> like the rear wheel's locked up, and he goes, What are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, Put an offer in, bought the car, yeah, yeah. and then the guy rings me up. No, 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 no. I need like another thousand dollars for the row with you. I'm like, well, that's not my problem. You so, you're selling with a row with you. Yeah, yeah. In the end, got my money back. Yeah. So that and then that that would have led me down the V8 path, and I went down a very different path. And yeah. the funny thing is, months later, Luke ran into the seller. Oh, it was a fair way later. Would was it? Would have been at least six months later. Still had the car and couldn't sell it. Yeah. So this, so look at today's money. This, what year would have this have been? This would be like '95. Yeah, yeah. Could not sell this car for five grand. Genuine SS Toronto, right? No, he offered it to me for the same money with the roadworthy. And we're like, like no, would he still be it. interested? And I said, he's got another car. Yeah. But then what happened was we we're working with a buddy, uh, uh, working with a mate who, good old Glenn, he had an extra turbo. N12. N12. Pul- yep. Nissan Pulsar. Pulsar. This is like the weird two-door with stubby back thing. Yeah, yeah. And it had the good old E, what was the motor called? An E15. 
I think, a 1.5 little front-wheel drive, eight-valve engine. It was like a... It's funny when you actually look at them. They're like a mini version of an RB30. Very like tiny. Little, and that little T2 turbo. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Physically, the engine looked like it was about a one-litre, though. Very small, yeah. physically motor. But they actually would have been seven-pound boost, no intercooler. That's back yeah. then, right? And he just took me down the street and just kept pulling up to a stop and flooring first gear because of the gear ratio. Yeah. It probably actually... And I'm like, oh my God, I'm blown away. This is so fast. I went straight away and bought a, a, a Pulsar ET Turbo, yeah. another E12. And that was... No, you, the blue one. Yeah, the blue one. That's what I'm talking yeah, but that about. That was a bit of a showstopper. I spent up big on this car, right? I spent like 12 grand on this N12. Yep. It'd been in Hot Force magazine. It'd been a feature car. It had the big... Back then, the 16-inch wheels, that was a big deal on this little car, right? It yep. had an intercooler on it. It had the coloured Benetton steering wheel. Remember all that oh, beard yeah. stuff? And it was actually a really nice uh, paint job and everything. It had all been ice <laughs> yep. blue. How long did I own this car for? Four months? Four, three or four months? Yeah. Mucking around with him on the street doing something stupid. I completely... What did I do for... Oh, going way too quick. Yeah. Being an idiot, an 18-year-old, wrote the car off in an accident, a single car accident, mounted a nature strip. You don't know. Now to be all over social media if this, this yeah. happened, right? I'd be in the was. I went into a 7-Eleven on the other side of Melbourne the next morning to get an iced coffee, <laughs> as you do. And it's just... Did you hear, man? Did you hear Big PSI? <laughs> It had the number plates. It had the number plates. Big PSI. That's why oh, it was yeah. known, right? So every woman thought the plates meant something else. Big, <laughs> big, big something. Big Pepsi. I don't know. But anyway, um, that's how I got into the turbo cars for another guy. Yep. So I went. I, looking back on it, I could have gone down the Tirana route as I was. I, mm. I idolised them as a kid, and yeah. I'll go down a completely different could route. Could have been there. big Q's so instead of that. Had a built engine. So then we bought another. Ca- oh, this is Geordie. Shouldn't go and buy cars. So he goes and buys another <laughs> car in the rain. In the yeah. rain. Because he didn't have any wheels. I'll yeah. just buy it. And then the next day, he get, shows shows me the car, another N12. Because in the meantime, he bought the wreck back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I bought yeah, the wreck yeah. back. Because the, the, long story short, I had to go to court for, for this accident, right? As you do. Yes. And I didn't... I got the lawyers involved and, you know, paid money and got Dennis off. Dennis <laughs> I rest my case. That was sensational. But in, in, in the end, I remember thinking... Justice I, was served. <laughs> I remember thinking, yep, got away with murder with that one. But I didn't drive for six months. I was yeah, a bit yeah. shooken up after the accident. I didn't want to drive. Probably didn't have any money either at that age. But mm. I finally then um, bought another Pulsar because I wanted. I ended up putting the motor and a lot of the bits onto another Pulsar. And that that car went on to have... That was a lot quicker. Oh, that was one. miles quicker. The, quicker I remember this blue car, I'm not joking, took it to a... Now, remember, these cars had, I think, 77 flywheel kilowatts. I remember it was modified. When I say modified, it's probably on like 10 pounds in intercooler. Yeah. It made 51 kilowatts of the wheels. Yeah, but that a, didn't actually make sense. It, did, it didn't. It was, I remember going, how can it make 51 right. kilowatts? The car had actually run like They're a... They're running the 14s. Yeah, and I remember going, yeah. no way it's going to make 50 kilowatts. But anyway, I, a lot of that running gear and bits and pieces went on this other Pulsar. That ended up with a T28, a Microtech on it. What colour was that one? Burgundy. Well, but six shades of burgundy with yeah, I know. Uh, and some um, then I got the over. I got the front of that one painted up, so the rest of it didn't match. But but that one actually, I think from memory, it made up near 140 kilowatt at the wheels. And in a car that only weighs 950, what are they? They barely even pushed a ton. Those cars, it actually went quite well.
being a single spinner with reach, re, I was a tight ass and used to put re, I used to put retreads on this thing, so it would have no traction to a. A lot of people used to do that re, before the days of Mickey Thompson ET oh. streets and stuff. Retreads were really soft, uh, and they'd hook up really well. I didn't know they'd be speed trial on this him, thing. But, it was hopeless. It was, yeah. <laughs> but it would have been pretty skinny tires. But anyway, yeah, that's yeah. how I got into the turbo stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. It, who had the cordia? Well, yeah. So then, because he bought that, I thought, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna take it from here to here. So you know what I'm getting? VL turbo. Yep. Of course. So I'm like, this. You know, this is just. Don't worry about this petty, petty pulsar nonsense. I'll get a VL turbo. Open yep. up the trade post. They're like back then. They're like twenty two grand. Yeah. And everyone yeah. wanted a Calais. Yeah. Yeah. Because it went on from the VHSLE mm. two tone. Yeah. The next step was the VL Calais. Calais. Yep. So, and that's why a lot of people had the. So back then, this yeah. is like '96. So you're paying 22 grand in '96. Yep. When you're talking back then, you might have only cleared 350 dollars a week. Yeah. yeah. Working sort of a labouring job. So I'm like, I can't afford it. What What are your options? And then there was a Starion. Yeah. But they, they mm-hmm. were hard to find. A good one or a Cordia. And what happened at the time was I was going to buy. Sorry, I did. I ended up buying the Cordia because there was no imports. Yeah. And I remember buying it thinking, this thing goes like rubbish. What the hell's wrong with it? I thought it would go better. It should be turbocharged. Yeah. That someone's telling me it should be as quick. But but because he's, at, at the time, you're like, oh, you didn't know enough about it. Oh, whatever. And then yeah. I took someone for a ride and they're like, there's something wrong with it. Yeah, that's a, right. We yeah. put a boost gauge on it. It was making like nothing. It had rev out. It would make like half a pound or one pound of boost. Yeah. And then I took it to a um, turbo shop and they said, um, look, we can't do it, but... Your cat's blocked. Yeah. Okay. So I gave it the old Thomas Town high fly. <laughs> broomstick. Broomstick. Punch that out. Pun- punch that out. <laughs> so re- retrospective EPA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to jail. Took it out on a road. I was like, holy moly! Like yeah. it honestly it was like I just yeah, put a 350 dual two two stage hit in it. Like, yeah. So you, you've got a whopping what eight about eight pound boost? Something? Yeah, probably. In the end, I, I bought a an intercooler for it and exhaust and did some other things. I owned other cars in between, and then I had issues with um, lifters in it. Broke two lifters, so I pulled the head off a few times. I actually owned that car for ten years, but it, I didn't. Why didn't did Why did you get an engine replaced? Was it just tired? Oh, well, I did twenty thousand k's. No, I was in Mexico and had a had a just a bit of a run. With another car and I street racing is and and they sort of had me and I'm like I should be able to beat that car what's going on and it was it was using a bit of oil did a comp test on it 60 psi in one cylinder 90 psi on the other one I'm like this engine's cool put a new engine in it but because you don't know anything about cars you haven't changed anything like the turbo's still the same all the other stuff's still the same so you get you put the brand new engine back in the car and you're like it didn't go one bit better to be honest than than the cooked engine. If you just knew some stuff, you know, if you did some minor things back then, yeah. your car would have been so much oh, quicker. Yeah. Yeah. But the big issue, like the big thing let his car down in hindsight, like it had a standard ignition system on it. Yeah. 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 So like we were pushing up near, up past 25 pounds of boost at one stage and it was just... I, I remember I had a boost problem. I was driving to Heathcote one day. It should have been on about six, I think it should have been on about 18 pound. And the, obviously the... I don't know, the actuator was playing up, maybe the hose had come up yep. or something, but basically it was, as, as the old school term was, it was hose off, right? And I remember just leaning on the throttle up a hill and it's just maxing 20 pound on the gauge. And I, I didn't want, and it's just fueling up because it yeah. was tuned just to go on full max on the 20 pound setting. 
But I remember going, my God, this wakes up. But I mean, in hindsight, I sold that car for peanuts because I was young and I needed the money to go overseas. Now, if you just put a, just an ignition system on it and ethanol, you'd make you'd probably yeah. make no problem a good turbo. You'd make up 200 kilowatts of the wheels, and it would. Even though you don't really have a gearbox in it, it's just a, a few simple changes like that would wake an engine up like that. In I think we've been yeah. talking long enough about these 80 ship boxes. Yeah. You guys went down that route of the turbo fours. Uh, I was just thinking about this the other day. I've never owned a four cylinder in my life. Really? Never owned a four cylinder in my life. Um, and the VF is the first uh, eight cylinder I've ever, ever owned, I think, um, except for that XE, but I don't think that was on all eight, so I can't really count that. Um, so my history of cars, I had EA Falcon with a bench seat for my first car and then I think it was about 12 months, almost to the day of owning it, I just said, this is boring, it's completely standard, I need a performance car. And I think I was watching 1999 Jamboree coverage on Fox Sports and Chris Dalton's R100 was doing wheel stands and they said, this thing's got a rotary in it. And I remember those Gemini magazines of things with rotaries and I said, I have to have a rotary because the, the commentator was saying um, they're so cheap to modify and they're so cheap to, to make go fast and probably uh, competing against the great Melbourne weather it's here. Hopefully you can hear us. So. At the moment, but... um, and yeah, so I, I had to have a rotary because I, were, I was your standard quintessential rotary owner, tight ass. So massive tight ass. I wanted performance for little outlay. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted max performance, no money. Rotary, perfect. In hindsight, not so perfect. Um, so I, got, I went and got a Series 2 RX-7, completely standard, rock, totally, totally stock. Had, had the, um, all the emissions gear on everything, had a 12A Auto, and this thing was a nugget. It was slow, like I think they run like mid-17s quarter mile, it was slow as hell. I didn't know much about the rotaries back then. I used to pull the choke out and then just go full, full, full throttle, no warm-up. Get straight on the freeway and just gun it. And then halfway through the freeway, I decided to put the choke back in and go. And I blew that engine up after about four months. And I put a new engine in it. And then I drove it for about another year. And then it was still slow and boring. So I sold it to, to a mate because I had a new engine in it. It was mechanically really good and clean. So I sold it to him. And um, that's when I got the dream car, um, or dream car for back then, was a VL Calais Turbo. So burgundy over silver, polished Calais rims, it was mint. Uh, I owned that car for two weeks and it was stolen and it's never been seen ever since. So um, after that, I went down a, a pretty troubled path with uh, cars. <laughs> I went and bought a ZL. Jeez. This is getting yeah, horrendously loud. That's pretty bad. So when I bought a ZL because I thought turbocharged six cylinders are like mint and I'll, and I'll do one of those and then that was just a complete nugget so never did. A ZL, that's like a ZL, house, and land, house and yeah. land package. It was, the, it was known as HMAS Fairlane because it was so big but it, it, it served me well. I, didn't, I think I put oil in it every fourth fuel um, fill but I didn't have any mechanical issues with it. Uh, I learned to do things, it was really the first car where I sort of learned to do things myself on it. So I think I replaced the alternator, replaced the water pump and a few things. So started to learn mechanically what to do on cars. Um, and then yeah, eventually I started building uh, another, another VL. Um, but just before that I had uh, an RX4 Coupe, uh, which, was, which was great. It had a bridge board in it, then I turbocharged it. Um, that was on straight gas, which was a thing um, people sort of did back then as well. Um, and my VL was also on straight gas. So 
that's when I really started to do stuff myself. So um, I remember going for I went in that car a couple of times. The RX4. Yeah, yeah. So the RX4 went 11, 9, 121, and it was a genuine street car, like street. So for back then, I mean, it didn't get off the line. I think it ran like two six sixty foot. So it could have run a 10 with decent tyres or whatever that you know ET streets that people have these days. And I drove that every day. That was my only car. So it's not like people who have street cars these days or 10 second street cars that get driven on the weekend or whatever. This was a you know, 121 mile an hour street car that was my only car. I drove it everywhere. Drove it into the city in daily traffic and that. So it was a pretty quick car. Um, and then yeah, I, I moved on. I got another VL. I drove that for a fair few years. I then had an Aristo, so 2JZ. Uh, 2J the next, was the next, snapper. the next snapper, so it had like a, a, a modified valve body in it and, a, and it hit very hard in gears and it had a two-way LSD, so it was a bit sketchy around roundabouts, but um, that was a really, really comfortable car to drive, it was really nice. Uh, and then after that, I had company cars, so my, my daily drivers were like just uh, company cars basically, and it wasn't until this and the, and the Ford F350 recently um, that I've had anything. I had an FD RX-7 in between and I really didn't do much with it. I think I did a couple of days at, at Winton, but that's been about it. So um, I've been pretty entrenched in rotaries as my performance cars for about the last six or seven years. And um, yeah, that's pretty much all I'd, I'd really have going forward. I, I don't see myself doing barras or turbo sixes or whatever and that sort of stuff going forward. I, I love rotaries, that's what I do. Um, so yeah, I think I'll stick down that path. Um, so that's sort of car history. I'm just reading questions here at the board. Um, what cars do you own now? Well, after, after what I was talking about before, quickly I had a VTEC Honda. Literally bought the car just so I wouldn't spend money on it because it wasn't turbocharged. So it allowed me to save for a house, get a house. Years later, very nice car though. Years later, I got rid of that. Bought the GSR just because I remember them as when I was younger and I've had it for a long time. But anyway, that's obviously never been a daily. It's always just been a car on the side. The dailies have been, I had... <laughs> An N, what is it, an N14 Pulsar with an SR20 factory, full granny spec this thing. I bought it with no Ks on it. That was actually a basic car, no air conditioning, but it got me around. It would actually drive quite well. Um, finally upgraded to something better and bought a Mondeo XR5. Um, that was a big car. It was very, very well appointed, like heated seats, the whole works. I had that for about four years. And then recently this year, I've finally thought, no, I want more of a driver's car and I bought after seeing Luke's little Renault for good value, actually, I bought like the, the newer spec one. Worth a lot more money, but it's a, it's a lot, lot newer car. And it's, as much as we, we cop it with the Renaults, it's actually a really cool driver's car. It's, um, it's, it's a type of car, to be honest, I think I'd like to just even take the sand and to cut laps, laps in it because it's designed for that. Even though it's yeah. a daily, that thing's designed to go around corners, not, not to sit in traffic. You can see on camera my roof leaking here straight into the film, but... Anyway, so and, and what that have you? That rain is starting to get heavy. Is it landing on the lens? No, no, no. It's just dripped straight down into the my pan. If you can't hear the background noise for audio listeners. It's starting to pour down here. Yeah, can't do much about it. Not it's Melbourne's probably going to be here no for the next half hour. So no idea if this is even going to come out. Yep. For your dailies. Well, I've got the greatest car of all time, the Renault. Cop a bit of grief about that. Hang on, you had a Honda too, though. I've had other cars, but I'm yeah. not going to get into that crap. Um, yeah, the Renault. I, I bought that actually because I just wanted a cheap daily driver. You wanted yeah. a runaround, yeah. It's and um, I've got had a few Subarus. I've still got that black one, obviously, the wagon. That's um, actually a very good condition. The person I bought that, I've spent a lot of money on that. And uh, I'm not sure what to do with it. 
I'm not like tied to the car. I don't mind driving it, but it's not the sort of car like I don't like leaving it in shopping centres and. Yeah. You're almost at the crossroads. Do you get rid of it? Yeah. Or do you go down the path of modifying it? Because he'd sort of done, I guess, what you could do to it without melting it. And it's at yeah. that point where if you really want it to make it go faster, it needs a, an engine, engine, a turbo, a fuel Gearbox system. might be... The driveline's actually... The driveline's good, good in that car. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's good. But that's, that's where it gets expensive. And that's why Barra's and, and LS's are so cheap because Barra's only cost 2K to, get, to run nines. So it's very affordable. Eights, 2K for eights. Eights, sorry, eights. And uh, an LS, I mean, you can just do an exhaust tune and then it can make, you know, decent 400 sort of plus horsepower or whatever. Whereas, yeah, they, these things are WRXs. Most, most cars, I, after about three years, I get bored and I move yeah. on to something else. I've had yeah. that car for... Unless you do major changes to it. Like, you know, if you put another 200 horsepower in it, you would go, oh, this is cool. Yeah, but, but I'm sort of at the crossroads what to do with it. But part of me is like, I wouldn't... Do I, do I build something else? I've been getting on... Um, online and having a look what's available. Everything, yeah. because there's nothing to buy new, like we were touching on earlier, yeah. and something else, but if you want to buy something secondhand from the 90s, yeah. like I was trying to find like an MR2 Turbo, oh. the SW20. That's a pretty rare car here, really. You can't even find them. No. They're not, and the ones that people who have them don't sell them, and then when they do come up, they're bloody expensive. So it's yeah. like, you've got to outlay a lot of money to buy the car before you've even modded it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's sort of, so at the moment I'm driving VF uh, Commodore, you might probably see, you might see that uh, video us running through that. Uh, I've got F350, you would have seen episodes, hopefully follow the channel on Project Redline, it's a tow truck. Uh, I've got this Project Redline here, Mazda 626 13B Turbo. I've also got an FDRX7, um, which is Flintstone uh, powered at the moment. So uh, it sort of blends into next question, which I guess is, uh, future cars or future project cars, what do, you, what do we have planned? What I've do we want to talk about? Looking about putting an LS into an RX-8. That's probably my ultimate dream car. Oh, I, I, I don't have any plans on selling my GSR only because it's not worth a lot of money for what it is. It's not, I wouldn't get that much and to kind of... Yep. I have thought about upgrading and getting something like an Evo... Eight. I remember at one no, stage... No, no, I'd, I'd still go an Evo 6. Well, at one stage you said, oh, I was going to get a new Evo. I said, then you'll just be like every other Evo at the track. Like, uh, your car's not perfect by any means, but at least a lot of people come and look at it. Cause oh, you don't I, th see I think it's one of those things, though. It's, it's, it's weird. I'd, I'm not that, like, worried about, yeah, I can, we can pull it out and put a decent bottom end in it, because the engines are actually very strong. Like, you put a, rods and pistons in them and they'll survive all day, but then the drivetrain is weak. It's not really designed to handle... A lot of power, especially if you start doing circuit days in it and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I want to keep the VF or, or run with it or get something different. Uh, in terms of project cars of that, F350 will stick around. What we do with the engine of that, I don't know going forward. Project Redline, holy moly, this rain's getting heavier. Uh, project Redline will stick around in the short term. However, I'm the only reason I, I have a 626 is because it was cheap and it's still cheap, but uh, this thing's been around a lot of years and it is extremely rough. So I'm not, I know people that uh, like certain model variants or live that whole thing of that. So there's people that love 626s. I'm not, I'm not attached to it at all. It was just a cheap car to put an engine in and go racing um, for not a lot of money and quite easy to do it. Uh, I still have the FD. I don't know what happens with the FD, um, but we'll wait and see, I guess so. Hey, I mean, listen to this flaming rain. 
So, we have no idea if you can hear us. This rain is like terrific. If, if you can hear us, send help. <laughs> I think uh, the next project car might be fucking Noah's Ark. This is ridiculous. Um, we're gonna push on. Uh, we've got limited time. It actually takes us into our next question, which is, is this your full-time job? So, for me, it's, it's an easy to quick one relating to full boost. It is not my full-time job. I have a normal day job. I am really just a content contributor, um, do a bit of social media stuff and do some of the back-end marketing and some sponsorship sort of stuff and that's about it. That's, that's my uh, contribution to full boost. So. Uh, it may surprise you, but I don't work full boost either. I, I do it on the side. My day job is I work in IT. Um, so that keeps, me <laughs> that keeps me busy all day and basically I film at the racetrack on weekends a lot and then I obviously film with Luke a lot on the weekends doing other things like dyno days and looking at footage, handling merchandise. Um, so it's really just Luke is the one that does this kind of work all day. Now we're being attacked. Yeah, so I do full time at the moment. It's, uh, my background is photography, but I don't do much. I still do it for some clients, but that's it. So I mainly do video production is my main gig, but a lot of that's not on full boost. I, I do video work for selected people who I get along well with and I like what they do, but I, I try not to take on too many new new jobs. I, I just, I'm so time poor. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, so we talked about cars before and that. Is there a, a dream car that you would, if you could build, um, you would build? So. Uh, I've, I've been asked this so many times and to be honest, I've never actually thought about it. I, I still like the Datsun 1600s. But like we were saying before, everything's just yeah, expensive. Yeah. And it's actually, it's, unfortunately, it's actually cheaper just to buy something that someone's built. Because yeah. you're yeah. not going to pay what it really costs. To pay what it really costs for just a paint job is, yeah. you know, you can probably pick up, you might be able to pick up someone's project for say 40 grand, yeah. whereas that car could have cost them 100 grand to build. Yeah. So in reality, that's probably what I'll do in the future. I'd love to have something, I know it sounds weird, something that's five-cylinder all-wheel drive. That's You're right, that sounds weird. Balls out. I just, I just love the sound of a five-cylinder. Oh, I like an old Audi S2. I don't know if it has to be an Audi. I know you like the Lancia, but yeah, it's four-cylinder. Yeah, but even if you stuck, I'm not, I'm not saying it has to be a, like a factory five-cylinder, but a five-cylinder in something. Like, it doesn't matter if it's an engine transplant, because I'd prefer to have a car that you, you actually like the look of everything, but I just reckon a five-cylinder, it's like that baby V10 sound, oh, it's, and it's a very unique sound, as in not many manufacturers even make them anymore. Yep. Um, unique, that's all. But if that's, that's, I think going down that path's expensive. Yeah, I, and my one's expensive too, so I mean, realistically, I, uh, an RX4 Coupe, um, sort of that, pro, that pro street look, like a 275 or whatever, rear tyre, 20B turbo or whatever, but again, I mean, if you were to buy a finished one, it's 100, 100 plus, 130 grand. Um, I will never spend that kind of money on a car. Unless I win Tats Lotto, I'm never spending that kind of money on a car. Uh, I just don't, I just don't have the time to enjoy a car. It's why I don't buy, a, it's why I don't have a street registered car that's fast either. I don't have time to enjoy it. I mean, look now, it's pouring rain, but eight months of the year in Melbourne and the other four months a year it's roasting hot. These can cars you, are- Can you believe are, are we're, we're recording it? this? This is December. Yeah in Melbourne and it's like torrential rain and I'm it's wearing a beanie. And it's freezing in here. Like, it is. It's getting colder and colder. Actually, it would easily be, it, would, it feels like it's about eight degrees now, which is like 45 degrees Fahrenheit. It's, it's cooked. This is summer. Summer in Melbourne. <laughs> so, and then the good old Melbourne tomorrow could be 43. Yeah. 
It could be, yeah. So, uh, last question, we'll wrap this up, is uh, what's next, I guess, for, for Full Boost in, in 2020? So, um, something we haven't done a lot of is, I guess, uh, collaborations with maybe other YouTubers or, or, or other, other um, channels out there, other people. Um, and something we can probably touch on is we're very Melbourne-centric. We grew up in Melbourne, we film in Melbourne. We'd really like to reach out to um, and cover some stuff from interstate. So Queensland, WA, uh, New South Wales have big racing scenes and tracks that are open a lot too. So uh, there's, I guess, possibility with something like that. So if, if you're out there, you have decent camera gear, uh, motorsport awareness, and you can actually hold a camera and film something and you quite don't, well. And you don't film vertically. Yeah, and you don't hold it. You're not filming just on an iPhone vertically. Uh, if you can do all that, and you're willing to give us the footage, um, we'd, love, we'd love to uh, work with you. We'd love to get that footage off you and, and, and to run, you know, to, to be able to bring our audience, not just Calder Park and Heathcote drag racing, but Sydney Dragway, uh, Willowbank and, and Quinana Motorplex are racing that. So if you're someone out there that, that is, has a keen interest and you'd love to follow um, to, to, to maybe build your career in photography or videography and you want people to know who you are, We'd love to um, help you blow up too. So uh, get in contact with us. You can send us a message on Facebook and, or Instagram or whatever, and, and we will respond definitely. So, Brumi, I think we've got to leave it. That, that's it, because this rain is, is out of control. This I think is, it's actually about to drip on the camera. You, this I is mean, like monsoon spec rain. This, this may be like the Pauline Hansen assassination <laughs> film. Uh, you may never see this video, because this could be so cooked you just can't hear the audio, and we may cut it. We may have to do it another day. If not, well, this has been our mini uh, podcast vlog on who we are and what we are. And um, yeah, if that's it, we'll catch Thanks you next Thanks for watching time. and continue to watch the channel. That's I think it. you're going to see a lot more in it, especially yeah, in 2020. Yeah, the biggest thing is um, please share our video. So it's one thing to watch content. It's another thing to like, comment and, and share it on your social media platform, which really, really helps us grow. So uh, if you guys could do that, if you, every time you see a YouTube video, just post it on your Facebook page. Um, scroll down and give it, a, give it a like when you see it. It really, really, really helps us. So we don't ask for money through Patreon. We don't have a channel sponsor that's kicking in dollars to us. We're doing this on our own back. We'd really appreciate your support and your help. So thanks a lot. We, we did ask for money on Patreon, but no one gave us any. No, that's right. So well, I got rid of it. Yeah, uh, what's the use? We never really pushed it. So um, we don't want to go down that path as well as begging people for money and then you're beholden to do all that stuff so yeah whatever um yeah just just like and share it and that that'll really help us so until then catch you next time